Good morning, Westlight. Good morning. Today, we're continuing the Fuel Up series. And I know that we say this every single time, but this actually might be the last time we're speaking, mm-hmm. at least for a while, because obviously, Jordan is pregnant. Um, no, I had a little bit extra dessert last night, <laughs> if that's what you're implying. So. Rude. No, but we really are pregnant. We're really uh, expecting a little one on the way, and she's coming in hot. Um, <laughs> but actually, being pregnant has been better than expected, probably because I was expecting the worst, so it's better than the worst. Um, but no, really, luckily, I've not been working, so I've been at home and able to rest. And I've grown accustomed to a certain lifestyle now. And I feel a little guilty, but not that guilty because everyone tells me that's what I should be doing anyways. Um, basically, you know, Daniel would get up early. He'd go to work. Well, not anymore, but he used to go to work. He'd come home, make dinner for us, do the dishes. And I would sleep in, um, eat, take a nap, and then eat a snack. And then maybe watch some Netflix while Daniel's cooking dinner, eat dinner, and then sleep and do the whole thing over again. So it's been, it's actually been pretty nice. Yeah, I'm used to the, I'm ready for the quarantine. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, um, it has been like really nice to rest and it seems like it really is acceptable for me and other expectant mothers to kind of kick their feet up and be waited on. Which, don't get me wrong, it's been really nice and we definitely should be resting. But it was an interesting mindset change for me to go from working full time and trying to like climb the ladder, the career ladder, whatever, to um, just being encouraged to rest and let other people kind of take care of me. One mom at Daniel's school even said she really loved being pregnant because everyone was so nice to her when she was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And this seems to just be the reality of our society today, that certain groups are allowed to have needs and it's totally acceptable and encouraged for them to express those needs. Uh, Like, for example, you know, children, um, they're expected to have needs. And pregnant women and elderly people, again, they're all expected to have needs and be taken care of because they're dependent, they need help, and it's understandable for them to need help so other people we readily volunteer to help them and on the flip side you have you know other adults and they're expected to take care of themselves um, to be independent Uh, and when you're an adult um, relying on others it kind of appears weak or immature if you kind of have if you ask for help or you're not sure of something and you need affirmation for them like you're not really full fully grown up yet if you have to do those things Mm -hmm. yeah for example when I become a mom or when the baby's actually here I expect that many people will expect me to kind of cast my own needs aside to take care of the baby and make her needs a priority which before you mom shame me of course I'm going to make (laughs) the baby a priority, of course I'm going to take care of her, but just because she's actually here and out in the world, that doesn't mean that my own needs go away, right? And our childbirth preparation instructor even told the dads that were in the class that, you know, they better learn how to start cooking and doing laundry because the moms will be busy and they will still need help around the house when the baby comes. So Daniel, I guess you gotta keep doing what you're already doing. (laughs) guess so (laughs) but the point is just because 
our baby will be born, I will still have needs. You know, Daniel, he was never pregnant, but he still has needs throughout this whole process and when the baby's here, because that's just the reality we all do. However, I think many of us, especially, you know, the older we get, we hit a certain point in our lives where we no longer feel like we want to ask to have our needs be met. Because it could feel childish, like Daniel said, you know, it feels like we should be able to do it on our own. Or maybe, you know, as a woman, sometimes if you're in a relationship, you feel like, oh, I don't want to feel like needy or clingy. I don't want him to think that I'm that kind of girlfriend or that kind of wife if if I'm asking for too much. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'll speak on men. Uh, I know men, we feel like we need to be strong and <laughs> macho, right? And we can't ask for affirmation. No way. And it is especially hard to ask for grace. I mean, that can even be feel even more needy than asking for the truth. So acknowledging and asking for fuel from quadrant one and quadrant two can feel so against what we were kind of taught as grown adults. You know, kind of goes against the grain. It doesn't really feel right sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know for me especially, like I said, it was a really hard lesson for me to learn once I got pregnant. Like I literally had to like ask for help because I had physical limitations and the fact that I had to take care of another human being, that's what actually made me realize that I do need to ask others for help to help me meet my needs. So today we're going to look at a story in the Bible about a man who had to acknowledge basically his needs and do one of the hardest things that we ever have to do. Um, be vulnerable and ask for our needs to be met. Okay, so we'll pick up pick up here in Luke. We'll have it on the screen for you. Here we go. So Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will sit out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. This is amazing. I mean, the son is in such a desperate situation that he decides to go back to the father that he once betrayed. Probably the last person on earth he would ever want to talk to or see. Um, It's just astounding. Like he must have just hit absolute rock bottom in order for him to just go back Mm -hmm. to the Father. And in a commentary by N.T. Wright, um, he talks about how in Jesus' day, when uh, the son asks for his share of inheritance, he should have been beaten. Like it should have been, or like thrown him out on the street. Um, The son, abandoning his obligation to care for his father in such an old age, would have been so shameful. Um, It's not like kind of our our current culture where kids move out into college and kind of venture out on their own and they come back and do laundry. It's like you're (laughs) out on your own. 
That's not how it was back then. So if we were to put our son or if put ourselves in the son's shoes, he's probably feeling like ashamed, defeated. Um, he's probably feeling like a child again, you know, very emasculated, like a failure, like he can't do anything for himself. He needs to go back to his father. And, you know, he just feels like he can't even take care of himself. He feels hopeless, you know, useless. I mean, these are all feelings that just I feel I can relate to, you know, feelings like, wow, <laughs> these are feelings I felt like when I messed up in middle school and high school. It's like, man, the, the last person I want to talk to right now is my dad. My dad's <laughs> going to kill me. <laughs> He's not going to feed me. But no, that's beside the point. Um, well, let's yeah. see how this father responds. Let's see how that so we'll pick up back up in Luke. <laughs> But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So the father is so amazing in the story, right? He far exceeded what the son was even asking for, right? The son was basically (laughs) crawling back home with his tail between his legs asking for physical needs, right? He's like, I just want food. I just want to work for you. But the father met his emotional needs. You know, the son knew he messed up um, and wanted to go home to earn his worth back as a servant. But the father welcomed him back with open arms and showed the son that his worth wasn't found in what he did or didn't do, but because of who he was. And in those days, older and more important people were too dignified to run anywhere. So it's really meaningful that the father was so excited to see his son that he ran to him. He literally ran um, Mm -hmm. and lavished his grace on his son. So we wanted to take a closer look at the gifts that the father gave to his son because, you know, his embrace, his kiss, the robe, the ring, All of these things are symbols of the son's restoration to the family. And so just so you know, these are our interpretations. They're not necessarily (laughs) theoretically correct. I'm sorry, (laughs) but this is just kind of what we connected to when we read the passage. So starting back in verse 21, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you. I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So in this passage, the son is clearly asking for forgiveness. He's repenting. Um, He's turning from his old pattern and turning to a new way of life. And so forgiveness, that's one of the uh, nutrients, I guess you could call it, in quadrant two, if you have the card (laughs) that we handed out a few weeks ago. Um, And in his confession of sin and shame, the son is proposing like a new master and servant relationship. He's like, I don't need you to accept me i just want to be a hired hand so i have food to eat and can have the basic necessities but before he can even finish his rehearsed speech the father already wants to restore the relationship they had as a father and son and he wants to restore the son's status in the family solely based on the fact that the son even came home Mm -hmm. um the next one The father tells the servants, quick, bring a robe and put it on him. 
And so, again, this is our interpretation. But when we think of a robe, you know, we kind of imagine like someone wrapping a warm blanket around them and kind of bringing them comfort. And so to us, this was like his, the father's way of encouraging the son because he knew the son was very discouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if you can imagine like someone coming home and it's like cold outside and wrapping him up in a warm blanket with a warm cup of tea or something and the father's basically like i know you made mistakes i know i'm not excusing you i'm not saying what you did was okay but you made this brave decision to come back home and that's kind of his way of encouraging him and encouraging the son in that moment yeah Yeah. the next one is the ring Um, He says, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. So for the ring, of course, you immediately think of like an engagement ring or like a family heirloom that you pass down to your child or grandchild. And so this to us was like the sign of affirmation. That would be the nutrient we would connect it to um, because this is like the father affirming the son's courage and humility to come back home and affirmation you're really um affirming the quality or the actions that a person is taking so by giving him that symbol of love in that way that's kind of how we saw it was affirmation for the son and then by putting sandals on his feet it was kind of like restoring his dignity we saw it because sandals and shoes are such a basic necessity for so many people and so by giving him that it's kind of like we related to that as respect and respect for his decision to again come home respect for his ability to have that humility and vulnerability to come back home um and by giving the son the respect it kind of helps give him confidence and that support that he would need to move forward and to actually make the change in his life and then finally or yeah i think finally he (laughs) says bring the fat and calf and kill it let's have a feast and celebrate so this one is pretty clear the nutrient is celebration right (laughs) um and to kill a fattened calf in that day it's a really 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 big deal this is not just like a oh yeah let's make dinner and have dinner all together especially (laughs) a special family dinner but it's like the cattle and farming was part of a lot of people's livelihood it's a really expensive thing so it's a really really big deal that the father wanted to kill a fattened calf for his son Um, and celebrate him coming home. And then the last thing the father says is, for the son of mine was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And by saying this statement, the father is giving the son hope, right? He's saying he was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. And yeah, he's really emphasizing that because of the decision that the son made and because of the son's resolution to change his life that because he made those good decisions that the son can have hope for a better future um, no matter how bleak things looked Mm -hmm. so we wanted to throw it back to you guys back to the congregation and just ask where do you see yourself in this story the prodigal son had gone out and used up all his resources and had just felt empty afterwards. And so maybe that's where you're at. You know, maybe you're right where the sun is at. He's, you're at the end of your long journey and you're just feeling exhausted of all your resources. 
Um, maybe you're feeling tired. Maybe you're saying to yourself, I am empty. I have nothing left. And I don't know what would make it better, but I need something. Maybe you're trying to fill it with certain things and you're just like, it's just not fulfilling. It's just not making me feel anything. Or maybe you, maybe you know exactly what you need, but you're afraid of asking for it. You know, you say, I know exactly what I need from my husband or wife. I know exactly what I need from my mom and dad. I know exactly what I need from my brother or sister. But you're kind of worried, how will they respond? What will they say if I were to ask them just to listen to me? Maybe you feel paralyzed by fear of judgment and not knowing how they will respond. Because it is scary. It's really, really scary. It's vulnerable and it's humbling. And so you don't want to ask anyone. Or maybe you're ready. You're, maybe you're hungry and you're just like the prodigal son. You're willing to get up and take action and go to the Father. You're ready to ask for your needs to be met. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're in that position. Yeah, and I think, you know, we may all be in different places right now. This, you know, it's totally new. This may be totally new to some of us, you know, even thinking about our needs or even asking about our needs. Or maybe you have tried and you have reached out to someone to meet your needs and it went really, really badly. So, you know, you're scared to do it again because you just had a horrible experience. Or, I mean, maybe it went really, really well, but because it's just so scary to think about, you don't want to do it again (laughs) because you're like, okay, that was good. I got it. I check. I'm done. Um, We totally get it because it's so countercultural to what we've been taught. Um, and very, very vulnerable to step out and ask for what we need from others, um, especially from the quadrants one and two, the grace, right? I know in my own life, um, when Daniel and I fight, a lot of times that's the fuel that I yearn for is the fuel in quadrants one and two. Um, and even though we've been together for almost 10 years, um, and I've asked him for attunement and identification and affirmation and forgiveness hundreds of times (laughs) I still feel so childish and needy when I ask for these things Um, but he's the nicest person in the world and I still feel this way so trust me we totally get how scary this can be yeah and um, for me when we would have the fights and we have fights yes um, You know, I never really understood, you know, from day one, Jordan asking me for what she needs. Uh, She would say, you know, Daniel, all I want right now for you is just to listen to me and validate my feelings. I don't want you to fix anything. But for me, hearing like, I want to fix it. Like, hearing her problems or, you know, when we're arguing about things, like, I want to fix it or I want to, you know, I want to give advice. Um, But in those times... um, there's many, many times I was able to see the difference between when I was a safe person and an unsafe person. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Jordan let her guard down and would tell me exactly what she needs, um, I think it's my responsibility to be that safe person, to give her that, to give her what she needs. And the advice and the um, me wanting to fix it, you know, all those things can happen at maybe at a later time. And I just remember how difficult and maybe how still it's difficult for me right now today to put all those things that I have on the forefront of my mind on hold. Um, But how liberating it is for Jordan when I can give her exactly what she needs. 
if she's asking for the need and I can just give it to her right then, right when she's asking for it, I think is just, it makes the world of difference to her in our experience. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, you know, when he's able to meet my needs that I'm asking for, I just feel so much better for me and I feel like almost primed for the advice or <laughs> the ways that he wants to fix it for me. But if he didn't do that thing first of meeting the needs that I asked for, I would have never been able to accept <laughs> the ways that he wanted to fix it for me or the ways that he wanted to help me get through it. But because he was able to meet that first need of grace, then I was ready to tackle that thing or ready to move forward. And it just, by him doing that, it provides so much more for me than if I were to just do it on my own or just be like, okay, let's go into fix it mode. Mm -hmm. So our prayer for all of us is that the shame um, that holds us back from asking for what we need would be broken today. You know, where that we would all be able to acknowledge that we do need help right we're able to acknowledge that we need food and water and sleep we know everyone needs that and this is just as important you know we all need emotional fuel especially during a time like this <laughs> you know it's been a crazy week <laughs> just this week alone let alone what happened before that yeah. um and i've been feeling pretty stressed and overwhelmed um, so I know that for me, I got into like a, I got to get it done mode, right? Because when we get stressed, we get into kind of a fight or flight mode. And I was totally in that, you know, because it makes, it, you feel like you have to do something. And that makes it really hard to think clearly and to even think about our emotional needs, let alone ask someone for help for our emotional needs, which is so unfortunate because that's exactly what we need in a time like this. Um, so like I said this week, I was kind of stuck in that fight or flight mode, um, figuring out how we're going to survive and <laughs> how we're going to bring a baby into this world. Um, and in the midst of all of that, um, my mom texted me because we had a meeting scheduled for church um, because I'm transitioning out. And she just simply asked like, hey, do you want to move the meeting till next week because it's so crazy? And honestly, if I wasn't giving this sermon, I probably would have said, no, 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 like I could still do the meeting. We have to get these things done. Like I could do it. I could do it all. <laughs> but because this is on the forefront of my mind, I was able to take a step back and be like, actually, yeah, I think that would really help me if I could put this <laughs> till next week. Um, I think that would help relieve some of my anxiety. Um, and really just that simple ask and me taking a step back and accepting that, I think that really kind of helped shift my mindset out of the fight or flight mode. <clears throat> and yeah, it just helped me kind of breathe a little and relax a little bit more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it reminded me that it's okay to take care of myself. <laughs> so we just wanted to give you a second to check in with you and what's going on inside your body too. How are you feeling this week? You know, we're in an unprecedented time that may be causing us to feel stressed, panicked. Uh, a lot of people are panic buying. You might feel fearful, overwhelmed. You know, we might we might feel alone, unsure of what we're what we're gonna do. You might feel helpless, confused. You might feel frustrated and disappointed. 
And that's just all the things that I felt yesterday, basically. <laughs> um, but that's why now more than ever, we really do need others. We really need other people to help us get out of that fight, uh, flight or fight mode that my mom helped me do, right? To take a step back, to breathe, to remind us of God's grace. You know, we need to hear their affirmation, um, that we're all in this together, that we're all loved, you know, in this time of fear, and that we're all doing the best that we can. We need encouragement when we feel discouraged about loss of work or changing and canceling of plans. I know a lot of that has been happening, mm -hmm. um, so we need a little encouragement in that. We need respect for our decisions to take care of others by staying home or maybe doing care packages. Um, we need, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, we, <laughs> uh, we need uh, respect for our decisions to keep our kids at home and our decision not to kill our spouse when they're driving us crazy <laughs> when they're working from home <laughs> because that really gives us the confidence and support that we need to do another day of homeschooling and to make it through another day mm -hmm. <laughs> cooped up all together yeah. um, and we need hope right we need lots and lots of hope um, when the world feels like it's going crazy and we <laughs> don't know what's gonna happen um, when you feel like it's falling apart hope that we can, through our collaborative efforts and through doing this together, that the situation will get better. And it won't always be like this. It won't always feel like this crazy. And we'll make it through. And we need lots of forgiveness <laughs> for getting annoyed at our <laughs> family and lashing out at them <laughs> because we're all cooped up. <laughs> yeah. And we need celebration, which feels counter to what's happening right now, but we do need to celebrate. We do need to celebrate birthdays still and anniversaries or learning a new skill or making a funny video, things like that, because celebration really brings us together and helps bond us. Yeah, and thankfully we live in a time that uh, we can still offer this through technology. It's kind of like our only choice right now. We can reach out to people at our church and in our life groups and the people that we usually sit with at Refresh. You know, we can check on them and ask, you know, hey, how's it really going? And when someone asks you how you're doing, you can answer honestly. You know, and I don't think anyone's going to really believe you if you say, hey, how's it going? And you're like, oh, it's great. Everything's <laughs> wonderful. Um, you know, we're all in this scary situation. It's a global issue and we're all in it together. Um, and we all understand what a crazy time this is right now. And so we want to be encouraged and empowered to say, yes, you know, I'm really worried right now. Or I could really use someone to listen to and just, uh, you know, affirm me and identify with me and relate to me. Or you can maybe just say, you know, I'm feeling really disappointed that I can't do X, Y, Z anymore. And I would love some encouragement right now. And I think for a lot of us, it might feel awkward. Mm -hmm. But as awkward as that might feel, it's just the perfect time to practice because everyone is in it together and everyone is understanding of the situation that we're in. We're all in, experiencing a very intense time right now. So it's not crazy or out of the blue to express your needs. And I think the more that we ask safe people 
um, the more that we can get filled. And the more specific you are with the needs that you have and the needs that you want, um, the more that you will get filled. And so please, we really encourage all of us to try and just get a taste of that fuel that God longs for you to get through the community this week. I think we can do it. We can do it, Westlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and if you are like, I've never done this before. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know who the safe people are in my life. Please feel free to reach out to the prayer team, which is in the Bulletin Plus app. You can reach out to the pastors, of course. I'm volunteering them, but I'm sure they're fine with it. (laughs) Um, Or even me and Daniel, we're here for you guys. We want to support you. We want to be able to meet your needs and give you whatever encouragement or hope or affirmation that we can um, through messaging or phone call or FaceTime, whatever. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that you know that we're here for you and that even when you don't know or feel like you have a lot of safe people in your life, we want to be those people for you and we want to make sure that everyone feels like they have a safe person in their life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, don't feel like you have to be brave and try to survive this COVID-19 on your own. (laughs) You don't have to do it alone because it's not a sign of weakness asking for help. You know, I'm sure the son felt very, very weak and vulnerable going back to the father for help, but the father didn't see it that way at all. In fact, he praised his decision to come home and he praised him for, you know, asking for forgiveness and he wanted to lavish the son. And that's what I think all of us said was like, because everyone is so loving and caring. I think everyone would feel the exact same way that they would love to support you and love to help you and um, give you the gifts that the father gave the son, right? There really are gifts, um, not just fuel or nutrients, but, you know, gifts that we want to shower on one another. So what do you guys need? What do you need, Westlight? Today we want to invite you, as we kind of wrap up, to reflect on where you are in the story, um, like we said, and kind of check in with yourself so that we can move towards being a community that takes care of our own emotional needs um, and helps meet the needs of others and so just thinking in your own life like who is the father in your life right who are those safe people and like I said we offer ourselves and the pastors and the prayer team as safe people if you can't think of people and then the next thing we want to think about what are the gifts that you need right what fuel or nutrients do you need during this time and If you can, try to think as specifically as you can, because like we shared, when I'm really specific with it, that's when I feel the most filled, um, Mm -hmm. when I'm able to really identify like, you know, I really think I just need attunement. I just need you to sit with me, or I really Mm -hmm. think I need affirmation because I'm feeling really bad about myself or something. Like the more specific you could get, I think the more beneficial it will be. And then lastly, We want you to put yourself in the sun's shoes, right? How can I actually go back and ask for this fuel? Mm -hmm. Or if that just feels like way too big of a step, that feels way too scary, (laughs) what do I need in order to be able to even take that first step? And that's totally an acceptable step to kind of preparing yourself and preparing your heart to make that bold and courageous step. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, we hope that 
you're able to take some time this week to actually think about these things and that really our end goal hope is that you are filled and that you are able to receive the showering of gifts that the father gave the son yeah all right well i'm gonna close in prayer um heavenly father we just um we just hope that the words that were spoken um, this morning, that they would um, just penetrate our hearts, Lord, that we would remember just the promise that you have, Lord. And we know that you have put people in our lives, everyone in our lives for a reason. And just in the time that we're in right now, just the chaos and the turmoil, we want to turn to you and we want to turn to the community that you have placed in our life and just lean on each other. Um, and we just pray for bravery. We pray for boldness. We pray for courage. Um, we pray just that lives would be changed um, just through your Holy Spirit um, working in us, God. That we can be vulnerable with each other. We can ask for um, the, the needs that we need um, from other people. And um, we just thank you for um, just you watching over us. And we pray that you continue to watch over Westlight. You watch over every, our friends and our families. And um, you would just keep us safe, God. And we love you so much. And we give you all the praise. Amen. Amen. Have a good week. <laughs>